Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Preservation Podcast. Please take a moment to visit our website, practicalpreservationservices.com, for additional information and tips to help you restore your historical home. If you've not done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and also like us on Facebook. Welcome to the Practical Preservation Podcast, hosted by Danielle and Jonathan Kepperling. Kepperling Preservation Services is a family-owned business based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, dedicated to the preservation of our built architectural history for today's use as well as future generations. Our weekly podcast provides you with expert advice specific to the unique needs of renovating a historic home, educating by sharing our from-the-trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise, balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home. Today on the Practical Preservation Podcast, we have uh, Dan Godfrey with us from RLPS Architects. Dan, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Danielle. So tell me about your background. So I am an architect and partner at RLPS Architects. I have been with the company for 21 years. I got my uh, technical degree at Harrisburg Area Community College and commuted to Drexel University for my Bachelor's of Architecture. Oh, that's, uh, I was just thinking, I wonder if we were, we were at, at Hack at the same time. We might have been. <laughs> I, I, was, I was in the culinary program, though. Uh, okay. <laughs> so um, the, the, the winding way that got me here, <laughs> it probably was longer than 20 years ago, though, now that I'm thinking about it. If, if I'm being honest about the number of years that have passed. <laughs> that's okay. I, th- I think our paths may have crossed. Yes. So, um, so tell me about... Um, RLPS Architects and the types of projects and services that you offer? Sure. RLPS Architects was founded, uh, our founding partners came into the practice about 60 years ago. Uh, The bulk of our work has been in retirement communities, and we do that work nationally. Probably 85% of the work that we do is in seniors. Uh, We're also in the K through 12 market uh, and the higher education market. Uh, While we still, we also like to participate in local select projects uh, like the Wilbur. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's the reason that I had asked you um, to join us on the podcast was the the former Wilbur Chocolate Factory. I had had seen the project in the paper. So it's a really interesting example of an adaptive reuse. Can you tell me about that project and what your role was? Absolutely. It was a, a very interesting set of circumstances that brought us to the project. Uh, one of our founding partners, Greg Scott, along with Jonathan Hollinger from Pleasant View Retirement Community, uh, were together when they found out that the old Wilbur Chocolate Factory was going to be uh, up for sale and was available. So um, they came in touch with Oak Tree Development Group and decided that, uh, you know, with the seniors component, which is our background, they'd like to develop the site into a multi-use site, which was exactly what we've been looking to do because we really believe that uh, many of the retirement communities we work with want a nice walkable urban satellite campus. So Jonathan Hollinger had interest in doing that. Greg Scott had the vision to connect the different parties uh, and RLPS came into play and really became the the architect of record for the entire complex. Um, We helped uh, Oak Tree develop that into 
um, 74 hotel rooms, 26 condos, um, a market area that hosts uh, half a dozen different booths, uh, on-site restaurant, fitness, meeting spaces, uh, parking structure, and all the amenities that would support those programs. So the building has been there uh, since the turn of the century, around 1902, uh, the original building. We did a lot of work there. It ultimately culminated in 140 square foot of project. Um, it was, that component uh, was $24 million worth of construction. And uh, we, we helped manage and put those pieces together. That's, that's, that's a huge complex. I, and I don't think ever, cause I, I had been at the, like when it was the chocolate factory, I had been there probably when I was in middle school or something. Um, but I don't think I realized how big that, that building was and, and the, 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 um, the square footage that is there. So are the, I, when I was looking at the website, I think I was understanding that they're like the apartments or condos that they're like selling individually. That's right. It was okay. 20 condos so 26 different condo owners um, basically built custom homes right there in the the tenant spaces made available to them and then are they only for like retirement age or are they are they like a multi um actually that that component is uh basically multi-family okay uh, uh the seniors component is going to be the lofts at Lidditt springs which you could learn more about on pleasant views website okay. that is that attached component that we're building up on the hill um, so as it all came to be, uh, Oak Tree Development Group ultimately used the historic component for the hotel and the condos, and then other parts of the sites got allocated to the seniors component. Oh, that's really, that's really, and I, I do think that there is, especially with the generation that is retiring now, they don't want to just be sequestered off. They want to be in walkable town. So I think that's really, really a great use of the building and, and, the, and the trends that are there. Absolutely. And really, Lidditz is, is listed in the top five um, small towns in America nearly every year. So it was a perfect opportunity. They have a lot of amenities, places to eat, all within walking distance. So it was really a great opportunity to fulfill that vision. Yes. So do you, um, do you see any challenges or did you experience any challenges on this project in, in adaptive reuse or if somebody's looking to you know, do a change the building's usage? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, adaptive reuse, especially one of this scale, is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we started off the project by looking at all the pieces that we wanted to keep and the extraneous pieces that have been added since 1902 that were not going to be used, of use to us. So we ultimately, with about six buildings on site, we pared it down to the original three buildings uh, that were the older buildings and had the most uh, historic significance. And also had the best structure, uh, a lot of um, very thick brick exterior walls and heavy timber construction that really conducive to a contemporary factory um, type um, reuse. So, you know, the challenges, you know, are really um, going to be common to most adaptive reuse projects in that in 1902, they weren't thinking about the building codes that we're using now. Right. So that there are. Uh, an awful lot of things about the building that, that had to be reinforced or changed or modified uh, to to meet today's code and and certainly to adapt to the new use. Well, and I'm thinking too, even like 
putting mechanicals and things. And now if it looks more warehousey, you can kind of get away with leaving that exposed. But that, you know, those are, those are some of those challenges that you, because the, the, the things that you need in a modern building are not the same as what, you know, would have been 100 years ago or 120 Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the phrase, they don't build them like they used to is, is more true than, than most people realize. Right. Um, and for positive and for negative uh, aspects, for the positive, you know, the, the brick and the masonry, the quality of the heavy timber, those types of things would be cost prohibitive in today's world to do a project like this. But luckily for us, you know, to reuse a building that already had all of that um, was a huge opportunity. And really, uh, those components were the character that people were looking for um, when it came time to solicit tenants. Well, and, and I would, yeah, it's what makes it special because it's not just a, it's not just a cookie cutter. Every, everyone's the same. Everyone's a little bit different than and I was noticing that in, I think I was, because yesterday when I was doing my research, I, I don't know if it was in one of the newspaper articles or if it was on your website where it talked about like each, each apartment is a different, uh, it's been, they've all been pretty much customized. Yeah. And buildings like this, every time you turn the corner, you run into a different condition. Right. Uh, really a challenge to overcome when you're dealing with design and construction, but it's also what gives it its flavor and, and the things that are attractive to people. So. Um, did what um, do you see any challenges or trends in preservation as you um, you know get it or as you do your work or what I, I'm not sure um, if it is it mostly adaptive reuse that you that you handle well I would say you know lots of people are recognizing seeing the value in these old buildings um, and certainly recognizing the importance to the community in, in this case you know there's a lot of Moravian heritage in the town of Lidditz. So tying that to an old historic building that has always been part of the fabric of the town was super important. Um, yeah. And certainly um, the opportunity to, to take something that was part of the history and make it part of the future of the town. I think that uh, that's probably where the greatest success was realized with this project. Uh, you, the experience you get visiting Lidditz, I don't think people um, will go to Lidditz and, and see the, the Wilbur and the mixed use development there and, and, and recognize that it's, uh, you know, part of the town and it will feel like it's always been there, which it ha which parts of it have. Right. Um, so the, the new mixed use fits right in with the small boutique type shopping that's available in Lidditz. So the use and the history all kind of work together to make this a successful project. Yeah. And I think too, that that's, I, I do, I see that as a trend too, especially in, in in towns and cities that people are wanting to live in a walkable area and we had we had kind of for you know 50 years or so gone out into the suburbs and wanted to you know ha be able to drive everywhere and that trend and i think that's part of what makes lit its charm because you can pretty much walk everywhere in town and i think that the trend and the challenge is that you know the folks recognize the historic value and they don't want you taking something away. That's so the conversation yeah. has to be about what you're bringing to the future and how you're reusing and adapting something that's important to the town and to the history of the town um, to a, a new use. Yeah. And I, I can see that too, because there's some people that um, want to, that, you know, they don't want anything to change. <laughs> so you, you have that struggle where I would rather see a building reused that's still being, you know, a large portion of it being preserved rather than torn down than to demand no change happen at all. 
But and I think that's that's where you have to get with the town and with the community, right. a place where they they recognize the value. Did was that was that a challenge with this project, or is that just in general? Well, I think ultimately they recognized that it was a bit of a blighted property. There were mm. a lot about it that was going to sit vacant uh, that wasn't doing anything for the town to enhance the, the um, community or the economy so you know something something needed to happen and certainly the last thing we wanted to do was to tear down an important part of the history of Lidditz so you know showing that that we were not only going to keep some of those historic pieces that were important to the town but that we were going to enhance them and bring new program and new amenities to the town uh, it was pretty well received. You know, you always have people who just don't like change. Right. Explain <laughs> that the alternative is to lose a piece of their history or to have a blighted property sitting there. Uh, people start to warm to the idea of a mixed use development. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. And then there's just, you know, the 5% of people you're never going to make happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, they're, and, and they're probably not your your stakeholders anyway, really. <laughs> you know, I, I'd be willing to bet that some of the people that were against this project are sitting in the coffee shop enjoying a coffee right now. Probably. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else that you want to share about the project or about, you know, some of the unusual or um, some of the different aspects of, of how it came together or some of the interesting features or any anything like that? I would just just uh, reiterate that you know it was a great opportunity for us to bring some of our expertise um, to the table. Uh, you, you know, early planning uh, and conversations at every level are what make projects like this happen and make them successful. So you you can't do uh, you can't do too much groundwork. You can't do too much um, research. You can't do too much preparation on a project like this. So knowing the history, uh, knowing the building, and knowing uh, what what the town's reaction to your project is going to be going in uh, prepares you for success. I, I agree with that. So how and I will make sure on our website because we post these on the webs. The podcast recordings get hosted on our website. So when I do that, I'll make sure that we link to the project page so everybody that's listening can go on and look at all the pictures and everything from from your site. Um, but how how else can someone contact your firm? That's really the best way. So our website www.rlps.com is a good way to to find out more about our company and connect with us we're also on social media so facebook and twitter are good places to connect with rlps um, feel free to follow us feel free to um, comment on our posts okay very good well thank you so much for 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 joining um the podcast today it was my pleasure thank you thank you Thanks for listening to the Practical Preservation Podcast. The resources discussed during this episode are on our website at practicalpreservationservices.com forward slash podcast. If you received value from this episode and know someone else that will get value from it as well, please share it with them. Join us next week for another episode of the Practical Preservation Podcast. For more information on restoring your historic home, visit practicalpreservationservices.com.